0: everyone and welcome to The Constant Cheerleader, the podcast that champions the people who go above and beyond to make a difference in the world and their communities over a cuppa. My name is Gemma Stevenson and joining me today is an 11-time Grand Slam champion, double Paralympic medalist and somebody who during lockdown has discovered a talent for TikTok. She's unique amongst British tennis players as she's the only one to hold a calendar Grand Slam. That involves winning all four Slam titles in one year a feat which she achieved in doubles in 2014 with partner-in-crime and best friend Yui Kamiji by her side. She should have been out in Paris right now, preparing to take on the clay courts of Roland Garros, but instead she is currently discovering new talents every day and also, of course, getting to enjoy plenty of proud mummy moments at home. Here to give us 30 minutes of her best map talk this week is Jordan Wiley. Hi Jordy. Uh, how's life at home? <laughs> it's well every day is different (laughs) but every day is the same but
1: every day is different because you don't know what you're going to get with a two-year-old so
0: (laughs) I mean yeah I I mean I have been highly entertained by your um, Instagram and TikTok accounts of life with a two and a half year old Mm. I mean you've really shown the good the bad and the ugly haven't you
1: yeah I mean that's that pretty much sums up I think for any parent like, one day is just, like, four seasons. Yesterday he had a good day, so that was quite fun. We did a little drawing, went, like, for a walk outside and stuff. But then there's days where he's just, like, on the sofa, uh, just wants to watch Moana <laughs> and eat chocolate, and then that's fine, you know?
0: <laughs> I mean, there are worse films he could choose to watch, aren't there? Like, Moana's a properly good film.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've probably seen Moana about six times just in the last week. And Jackson doesn't call it Moana, he calls it Big Turtle. So <laughs> literally, um, I think when like his grandparents come back and that he's like, Can we watch Big Turtle? And they're like, what the hell is that?
0: <laughs> you might have to like um WhatsApp your mum just to kind of give her a heads up. Cause you know, she might think it's finding Nemo.
1: Yeah, well exactly, because when he first said it to me, I thought it was, but Apparently it's not, because if anyone has seen it at the beginning when she's a baby, the big turtle comes, with the little baby turtle, and that's for some reason stuff in his mind, so that's what it's called.
0: You'll have to start, because you have been recording some, uh, or you've been sharing with us some recordings of some Disney songs you've done previously. You'll have to start singing the Moana theme tune to him.
1: He doesn't like it when I sing, or dance, or anything. I don't know if he thinks I'm embarrassing him in his own home where no one's here, but... (laughs) He doesn't like you to do any of those things.
0: He's already developing that I'm embarrassed of my mum complex.
1: Yes, and he gets embarrassed by himself if he's get he gets caught
0: singing or dancing. One skill, I have to say, um, I've really noticed. I mean, I think you should put him into, like, theatre lessons or something, Geordie, because he can find a camera and pose for it.
1: Oh, absolutely. Like, he takes photos of himself on my phone and then he will go around, like, me and Mark, and he'll be like, cheese, cheese. And he actually takes really good photos.
0: I know, I've seen some of them. Like, he's he's he enjoys the close-up, though, doesn't he?
1: Yeah, but the first time he did it, I was, like, really freaked out because I was like, someone's taking a photo of me on my phone. Like, and <laughs> I was alone, like, when I was painting. And I was like, what the hell? And then I realised that when I scrolled, there was, like, pictures of his eyes and his face and, like, his knees and stuff. So I was like, oh, that's him. <laughs>
0: So when they say never leave phone unattended with friends, also uh never leave your phone unattended with a two year old.
1: Yeah, because um the other day he had my phone and he FaceTimed Greg and Ruby, so <laughs> that was fun. <laughs>
0: <laughs> maybe maybe the juniors thought because there was an announcement the other day, wasn't it, about the juniors that had made it um onto yeah. the new um national age group program. Maybe they just thought, oh Jackson's ringing me to say um well done.
1: Yeah, well, it's because I had been talking to them, because I've been talking to them in isolation anyway, and I think because they were on like, my recent list, so um, I think that's how he got it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and um, I haven't asked the important question first, I have my cup ready, but um, what cup are you joining us with today, Geordie? I do
1: have a cup of tea, my morning cup of tea. I can't have my breakfast without my cup of tea.
0: It is a very, very British thing, isn't it, a cup of tea? It sets us all up for the day. <laughs>
1: Yeah, absolutely. I can't... I don't think I could, like, function without it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All those Grand Slam titles and all those uh, Paralympic medals, uh, they've got nothing to do with training. It's to do with that cup of tea before you went on court in the morning.
1: (laughs) Yeah, otherwise I get to, like, if I get to, like, 10 o'clock, and I'm like, I
0: want to have a cup of tea, so then I've got to, like, go and have it. Do Mark and Jackson know not to disturb you until you've had said cup of tea?
1: Well, Jackson this morning was... He came into the bedroom, got into bed, and was like, "Mummy, see babies." And I was like, "Okay, what, what about my cuddle?" He was like, "No." cbb's <laughs> so i had to give him the cbb's and then literally he was like oh, I'm, I'm done now um downstairs breakfast and i was like well can we clean our teeth oh, yeah clean our teeth can we get dressed oh downstairs breakfast and literally everything i was doing he was like downstairs breakfast mummy, mummy, mummy downstairs i was just like i'm just putting my clothes on <laughs> like, you <have> to wait. <laughs> uh, yeah, he has no patience and he thinks Well, the world revolves around Jackson, basically.
0: (laughs) But you are, like I've mentioned it, and you call yourself a proud mummy, you are getting plenty of quality time. How nice has this time been just to have that time with Jackson and Mark as a family?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm never going to get this time again, Um, especially when I'm like competing. And, you know, the last year I've been away so much because I was almost playing catch-up with my points. know from the comeback and then first couple of weeks it was really difficult because i i hadn't had that time that i guess a lot of other new mums would have because normally they are stay-at-home mums for a while um and i never had that because i was so used to my mum coming every week and then he goes to nursery and then i'm away so i actually found it quite difficult but now um what are we like 10 weeks in yeah like i actually really enjoy like waking up every day and knowing that I get a whole day with him and he's absolutely loving having me and Mark at home for sure.
0: And uh, you're teaching him lots of tennis skills.
1: Yeah we've been teaching him a lot actually he's really good at his tennis he loves his tennis Uh, he's really good at football and we've never really taught him like how to kick a ball because obviously Mark can't (laughs) and I've always been like tennis and he he's actually really good so I think we're gonna get him into like a little football program once this is all over but but it's also given us time to like teach him how to count um so now he can count to 10 and he knows abc um and his speech has always been a little bit behind um whereas now his speech is just incredible like he's come on so much in the last two months so actually i'm really grateful for this time with him because I really feel like it's helped him and me a lot having him you know every day
0: you've said he's get quite good at football I mean um, if he's quite good at football there'll be a certain football team Mark wants him to try and try out for won't there
1: yeah he's already said that if he makes it and plays for Arsenal he'll probably faint
0: <laughs> <laughs> and take advantage of the free tickets
1: oh yeah be like in the box <laughs>
0: Uh, I can just I can just see it now. I think I
1: said to Mark, I was like, What about if he ends up playing for Spurs? And he was like, Oh obviously it would be ideal, but you know, he's playing football so it doesn't
0: really matter. And um I've mentioned it a bit in your introduction, but uh there is a place both of us should have been sort of this week, Paris and uh Roland Garris. It would have been your first time back there after your comeback and um you would have gone in as Australian Open doubles champion with um Yui. I mean, how weird is it right now not to be out there?
1: It's really strange because the only time I've never played tennis is obviously when I had Jackson. So it just feels like really weird that I'm not doing anything. But I said to Mark the other day, like when we're actually able to get back to real life, it's almost like I've got to remember how to do that because I'm so used to waking up every morning and staying in my house. So it's like I need to like almost train myself to be like, oh, we could actually go out to training today, or we could actually go see somebody today. That's fun. So I'm
0: really missing competition for sure, and because there is that social aspect with wheelchair tennis and the tour and the competition that you just can't get from home, can you? You can't get from a Zoom call.
1: No, like I've spoke to Yui quite a bit. I have spoke to Louise and Dana, and you know, just other teammates, and it's. Yeah, it's weird because, especially with Yui, because the only time I ever get to see her is at the tournaments. So, I actually like, really miss seeing her face. Um, and I was really, really looking forward to this summer. Um, I was in such a good place, like, ready for Tokyo. And then it just sort of all got blown out of the water.
0: And that's the thing. It felt like, to me, watching you out in Australia, you have been returning to form over your comeback. but kind of felt to me like you in particular but also the other Brit you were coming into the right type of form you needed for Tokyo and for the rest of the year just at the right time
1: yeah i definitely felt that way and um like when it was announced that the games was being moved like i was so like upset and disappointed and like angry because it basically, I know a lot of people must have felt the same because everyone's got their own life plans. But for me, it was like, okay, Tokyo's now moved. So that means I've got to play for another year because I wasn't planning on um, going deep into 21. Like, we want another baby. We were getting married at the end of the year. we got a honeymoon. I'm about to finish my studies. So, you know, I was going to set up my own business. And I had so much going on. And then it was like, well, now what do I do now? So... Um, I'm. A, I'm. I've come to terms with it now, and it's fine. It's not ideal, but I can't do anything about it. So I've just sort of learnt to adapt and adapt my plans. And you know, I'm going to have to wait an extra year for for some things. But I've kind of realised that. Yeah, I was in a good place, but I kind of see this whole virus thing as like a divine storm. So I think a good thing is gonna happen because of it like yeah I was in a good place but actually my volleys needed improving and my serve really needed improving um and those are two things that I can work on now for an extra six months or whatever and um come back and be maybe the best rather than one of the best
0: that's a great outlook to have um and this delay you've seen athletes have a mixed reaction I mean you've made no secret of it to me in interviews previously that Tokyo 2020 that was going to be when you were going to wind down there are also financial implications aren't there because you're missing the grand slams here this week is a week where you will miss a grand slam for players on the wheelchair tennis tour that's where a lot of the finance comes and a lot of the prize money comes over the year and then there's also the fact of finding sponsors for another sort of nine months um which is no mean feat is it
1: no I think um the athletes that are we hit the most are the ones nearing the end of their career. Um, but yeah, it, it's difficult because I the first thing I didn't think about actually was the financial side because everything else was going on in my mind. And then when I settled down, I was like, Oh my god, I'm not gonna get paid. <laughs> and I was in an unusual circumstance because I have a big wedding bill to pay, which was. Sort of rest, I was like, oh, it's fine because you know, I've got a couple of slams and tournaments, um, I'll pay that off, no problem. And now it's like, mm, okay, no money, <laughs> so I mean, it is difficult because we don't earn nowhere near like what the able bodied guys earn. Um, and for in terms of sponsors, um, I don't know if my main sponsor is going to be able to continue to support me for the next year. I've spoken with um, Adidas RGK. They don't give me money, but they give me very valuable items like my chair and my clothes, um, which are going to continue. And same with my tennis records with, with Dunlop. But yeah, it's financially, it's that's probably the biggest stress at the moment.
0: Yeah, because I mean, a wheelchair tennis chair is not cheap, is it?
1: Oh, well, they've gone up now. You know, they were like sort of three and a half, four grand, and now you're looking at around the six grand mark for a top of the range, like you know, an RGK, which is one of the best ones at the moment. Um so grateful that i i get sponsored by them um because i don't i wouldn't be able to afford that and even in my current position of of one of the top guys so um for for that i'm extremely (laughs) grateful because every chair is tailored to the person who uses it and it's not even like you can just borrow someone else's chair or just like buy a second hand chair not at least not when you're at the top even when i came back from having jackson i couldn't even fit into my old chair because my hips had widened and i'd gained a bit, a bit of weight and the first thing i did was i went to rgk and i was like look i know it, this isn't in the contract i'm not supposed to have a new chair um but i can't physically come back if i don't have a chair and they were so amazing that they just adjusted my contract um and built me a basically the same chair but just like half an inch wider <laughs> so i mean that i mean without that. I would never even been able to come back. So I think that's
0: just incredible that they did that for me. And um, I want to talk about something that's being talked about with the ATP and the WTA. Now, there's been much talk about maybe combining. The ATP tour has featured wheelchair tennis alongside it. You know, you've got Rotterdam, you've got Queen's. Um, We've not seen so much of it on the WTA side. How do you look at these talks of a potential merger between men's and women's tennis and could it advance kind of your guys' opportunities?
1: Um, I think it's really good to have some tournaments that are merged, just like how the ATP has done Rotterdam and Queens, like you said. That would be really nice, and especially, you know, where there's a lot of crowds um, and people can actually see what wheelchair tennis is about at the top of its game. Um, I don't think like merging the whole tour would work just because their timings are, are different even you know the slams that are a week before us so i think maybe and maybe we'd get a bit overshadowed um i feel like we do need that individuality just to sort of have some spotlight though so i think um yeah i definitely would like to see a few tournaments merge. that would be that would be great especially for us women but yeah just maybe not all of them
0: yeah I mean there is a special feel um about the wheelchair tennis tour and somebody who knew that is somebody who um we heard died last week, um Kathy Sabin. She's been a big, big supporter of wheelchair tennis and you guys, hasn't she?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like, I remember Kathy from years ago. I couldn't even tell you when, but I've known her for years. I feel like I've known her my whole career, to be honest. Um And she was just a massive supporter of wheelchair tennis. And she was just always so positive and happy. And just, yeah, she was just such a lovely
0: lady. I was was so sad to hear the news. And she just had that energy about her, didn't she? And she always had time for people. Like, I would sometimes be at tournaments and see her there. And she always had time to talk to you guys and listen to you guys.
1: Absolutely. Like, she was, yeah, exactly what you said. Like, she always had time for people. She was always approachable um, and friendly and just just a really nice lady
0: yeah so it's been a bit of a sad time in the whole tennis community but also the wheelchair tennis community because of that um now you're allowed back on court among the people who might be happy about this are your neighbours, or their shed, rather? Because they nearly had no shed, didn't they, during lockdown?
1: <laughs> yeah, it was actually um, the little girl's birthday party. And I was just trying to do um, a, a video for my local tennis centre. You know, the ones where you hit a ball and it goes on. But I just completely shanked it. It, it it just hit the shed, and I was so thankful that it didn't hit like, anyone in the garden with their party, but I just sort of like ducked and was like, oh my god, where did that come from?
0: <laughs> so even in lockdown, you can still crash a party, can you, Geordie?
1: Yeah, unfortunately, but it was only that one time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> What's it been like? Because you did get back on court last week.
1: Yeah, like, part of me was like, oh yeah, this is what I do, I remember. And It was nice to get out of the house and go and have a hit for, sh- for sure, like, but at the same time, you know, I came home and I was like, oh, I didn't love it. Well, for me, like, anyone who knows me knows that I don't really like training, that's no secret. Um, I love the competition, I love my sport, and I think some people think, Oh, because I don't like training, like, I don't love what I do, and that's not the case. I actually love wheelchair tennis, I love playing. Um, and I want to do it. It's just I've got into this thing at home now, where I just I'm loving being with Jackson. We've done like so much to the house because so, we moved in only two years ago, and haven't had chance to like do anything. Some of the rooms were still empty, hence why I've been painting walls, and so I've just been really loving having time with Jackson and doing normal stuff. And I'm studying as well, which at the moment is difficult because I'm preparing for exams and stuff. So I'm just sort of under the mindset that. Yeah, I'm going to come back, I'm going to get myself fit and healthy, I'm going to train once a week, um, but I'm not going to rush. There's no rush, is there? I mean, we might not even come back until January, never going to get this time at home again. And it's really important for me to, you know, pass my exams in October. So I'm just going to really focus on that and slowly introduce tennis back into my life so that when we do go back I'm hoping we'll be
0: running
1: Garros um that I am ready for
0: it and you've mentioned it slightly um about what you've been doing during lockdown but you have discovered new talents painting and decorating singing obviously but you've always been a singer but you've just been rediscovering that and um you keep going viral on TikTok as well
1: (laughs) to be honest I didn't even know what TikTok was until I downloaded it and was like oh my god this is really funny and um so I just started doing a few videos because I love stuff like that just silly stuff like I just love it and when I found out there was a King Julian one I was like yes this is my spirit animal." (laughs) Uh, so that's just been a bit of fun really.
0: I must admit when I first saw your TikToks, it reminded me of that um you'll remember this I mean it was just brilliant but when you and Louise did that video in Rio. Like,
1: this is still a thing between me and Louise. Like, we put so much hard work into that video. We were like, we're going to show people like behind the scenes a bit of fun, like no seriousness. And like, nothing happened. So like, now we're like, oh my God, I can't believe we didn't go viral. <laughs> so we're going to have to do another
0: one. You? you too and your social videos. I mean, I don't know why that Rio video didn't go viral because I honestly loved it. It, it. it showed a side of being a part of the Paralympics that I don't think... We see really, especially our
1: favourite bit of that, which we still talk about today, is um, the McDonald's queue where I'm like poor unfortunate souls, and um, that's still a thing now between us. Every time we hear that song, we would think of the because no one, no one ever would ever think about oh the Olympics, Paralympics, the queue at McDonald's is a joke because no because everyone's trying to get chicken nuggets. So that's why we were like trying to portray things that, you know, the public would just never even think about. So disappointed. <laughs>
0: well, challenge for you and Louise, when you can safely be in a McDonald's queue together again, McDonald's are opening their drive-thrus and there's a heck of a lot of queues. Challenge for you, you need to do another um, Poor Unfortunate souls McDonald's queue, lockdown style.
1: I need to because we've got a McDonald's literally five minutes from the house. And every time I drive past it, I'm like, oh, is it open? It's not yet. But I imagine the queue is going to be absolutely ridiculous. That's the problem, though, isn't it? Like those people are just, they haven't been able to have something. And now they're like, oh, we can have it. Let's go. Like, they don't even want a cheeseburger. They're just like it's like a luxury item now. <laughs> so that's how we've we've got to this point where a cheeseburger and six McNuggets is is a luxury item. <laughs> yeah.
0: And a coffee. You like me got your first drive through coffee the other day. Yeah. I mean, how joyous was it?
1: It was great. I, like I always go for just a solid small cappuccino, but then I found myself like, oh, but what about if I want a vanilla latte? you know and I was like like, no I don't really like lattes but I should have one and then it's just crazy isn't it but um, it was really nice to
0: actually get a proper coffee that's really all we talked a bit about food but um, nutrition Um, as an athlete you do have to keep up a nutrition plan I I also know you quite well and I know you have like a little penchant for you know the odd chewy sweet have there been (laughs) a lot of sweets consumed?
1: yeah I think nutrition has always been a big one for me because you know i do eat well and um and I'm, my meals are fine i cook everything from scratch at home um but yeah like you said i i have massive sweet tooth like i can't resist any sort of cake or chocolate or sweets it's just in my dna um but i also think any parent can relate that when you have a two and a half year old that will only suddenly out of nowhere won't eat meat and um only wants to eat toast jam and like pasta it's really difficult to then be like okay we're having chicken and vegetables today and um also a fiance who only likes pizza and pasta and all plain things so it's so difficult because sometimes i'm cooking like two or three different meals a night so then I'm like, oh, you know what? I'm just going to have a pizza. Or I'm just going to have like, some fish fingers with Jackson. And then you get into that sort of that rut.
0: Uh, may I suggest, I mean, I don't want to encourage this. Uh, my friend bought me a subscription to Candy Kittens. Oh. So every four weeks I get delivery of Candy Kitten sweets.
1: Well, that's a bit like when I had my sponsorship from Cadbury's and they sent me like a monthly package. And my favourite thing in the world is cream eggs. And on Easter, I tell no lies, gospel truth. They sent me like 200 cream eggs in a box. I was like, what? It took me like a year to get through it, but it was like the most incredible sponsorship of my life. They gave me a lot of financial support, which was great. Um, and really helped me out at that time in my career. It was was around 2012. um, But the bonus, having the chocolate, was just incredible. The the boxes, I mean, you can't beat cabaret, can you? I mean, it's just the best. And when they sent me those eggs, it was almost like... I was putty in the hands.
0: <laughs> it's like, we now know what keeps you're happy. RGK, she wants a chair and a dairy milk. <laughs> yeah,
1: but then a the chair every like couple of years because I've eaten too many dairy milk. <laughs> <laughs> no longer like, fit in the chair.
0: I want to talk to you now about moving forward. What do you think we'll see in the long term for tennis coming back? At the moment, I just... I don't, I don't
1: know. Because, I mean, I'm freaking out because of the wedding so i have like an ulterior motive i'm like oh please don't move a tournament there because that's where my wedding is or please don't move a tournament there because that's where my hindu is like so i'm i feel a little bit selfish at the moment but i would really love for Ryan and garris to go ahead because i feel like i need that competition i also would like to get paid um as long as they like with all the other athletes as well i feel like they they need that it's, it's difficult because if you open a tournament up in october you have to then have everyone play because you can't open it up and only half the world's allowed to fly. Or if you've got quarantine for two weeks, um, are you going to be in France for like a whole month? It's just, it's not ideal, is it? So although I would love for that to go ahead, I would also want it to be fair for everyone and safe for everyone. The only thing is if it goes back in January, we know that it probably will be safe and we probably won't have to quarantine and everything. Um, but they then half the qualifying year already gone for the Paralympics. So I know the ITF are still working on that and they haven't released any statement. But what I would imagine is that you already keep the points from last year's half and then you add your half. I, I really can't see how you could do it any other way, but everything's so up in the air at the moment that I literally have no idea what's going to happen, and it's, like, really stressful.
0: You do have social anxiety, and you do have anxiety. So what does this time feel like? We're kind of in those muddy waters where things are opening up, but we don't quite know when they're opening up, and we don't know quite know what's going to happen when they do open up. It's
1: just stressful. I'm someone who needs um, routine, who needs order, who needs a schedule. I need deadlines for things. Um, and because I don't have that, I feel quite stressed about everything um but on a positive note you know being in lockdown has given me time to to work on a lot of um personal development um I'm still um having therapy for my anxiety um which I've been doing on zoom which is great and um I feel like because I have you know I have that every week and then I get that time alone in my house to to just sort of relax and like self-reflect um it's something I've never done before and I feel like I've progressed personally um in the last two months more so than I have done in the last 20 years (laughs) um but actually even though it is stressful especially because the wedding's there as well I think if it was just about the tennis I'd sort of go with the flow a little bit but because it's a personal thing attached to it um it's it's been stressful but i've been able to have that time to really work
0: on personal development that is i could really see progress with and and the other thing is your mum like she's a massive big support network for you like you haven't seen your mum and dad for weeks
1: i know like it's crazy because i see them every week and jackson's a little bit like well where's nanny and like where's auntie shell where's granddad and um he doesn't really understand and it is tough because like I said, having Jackson every single day, um, again, every single parent, this isn't just me, you've gone from having some sort of childcare, even if it's just like one day a week at the grandparents to nothing. So it's really hard to to get anything done. So I'm actually really shocked that I've managed to study, get the house in order and keep my child alive in the last two months.
0: You've mentioned it slightly, um, but about personal development during this time as well. And so that's really, really nicely gone on to our kind of sort of final sections of the podcast. Um, So for anybody not involved in cheerleading, when we go off to competitions, we have something called a cultural exchange where we give something to athletes from other countries, from our country. um, And we share cultures and, and ideas and information I'm just wondering if you've got a little bit of a cultural exchange for us and for the listeners at home to kind of keep them going the rest of this week.
1: I think I've, like, I've already touched on it slightly. You know, when I said that this is a divine storm um, and I've come to realise that pretty much every amazing thing that happened in my life came after a really bad thing and I think this is what this is at the moment. So like at first, I think... I was just really feeling crap like I was really really struggling and I think a lot of people were um, for someone who struggled with mental health as well in the past I was really conscious about not getting into that rut again and that's when I just sort of stood up and was like okay I really need to do something here and I signed up for another course I started painting the house and then I just started um, just appreciating the little things and it sounds really um, simple but actually when you just take a step back and look at the bigger picture and think about all the things that you can actually do in isolation it makes it seem actually not that bad because I've now going to get another qualification under my belt my house is done I get amazing time with my son and although let's face it, it's a bit of a ball ache that Tokyo is now going on for another year. But it's probably going to make me a better tennis player and give me better chances of winning gold. So um, I would just say look out for the divine storm.
0: A uh, brilliant uh, cultural exchange there. And um, I'm not sure, have you seen Cheer on Netflix, Jordy? I haven't, but everyone keeps telling me to watch it. I mean, you have to. I mean, <laughs> There's this character or this cheerleader on it called Jerry Harris. You would love him. He's kind of got the positivity of Louise all the time.
1: Oh, okay, I definitely love him.
0: Uh, he gives everybody and he gives the rest of his team something called mat talk, which is kind of like a motivational cry out on the mat when they're competing and when they're training. Um, so have you got a line of mat talk to leave us with?
1: Um,
0: well, you know, I'm not that
1: great at um those kind of things. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really working on myself at the moment. Um. <laughs> I think, even if you ask any of my teammates, including like Lucy, who's obviously my Paralympic doubles partner, um, she will tell you that I am the personality is so red, you know, like (laughs) so direct and no fluff. And this is why I'm trying to work on myself to become more positive and more of a team player. But I think that I can say with confidence that the the thing I would probably say to people is if you're going to do something or if you want to do something then you need to just do it it sounds again simple but my philosophy in life is pretty simple (laughs) you know like there's going to be a lot of naysayers and there's going to be a lot of people saying you are ridiculous you know I said when I was 16 I want to go to Beijing I want to go to the Paralympics and um, people told me I was ridiculous But I wanted to do it so I just did it and I went so I feel like I feel like I'd be a very direct Matt talker. You go up
0: there, you do it, no excuses. I can see you, like, if you were ever in Team England with me, just going, do not drop that flyer, then we'll die.
1: Yes, that's the thing about me, is, like, you know where you stand. I'm going to be honest with you 100%, and... Um, that's what makes me a great friend. <laughs> that's
0: what I think, anyway. If anyone tells me otherwise, <laughs> but I, I think that I think that's what what's great about your relationship with Yui is when you've mentioned what you're like with Lucy. But also your relationship with Yui. Um, the pair of you are just direct with each other. Yeah,
1: I mean, there's that honesty there, and I think if you don't know me, you don't get it. You might think, oh, hello, that's because I just I think it and I say it. And then afterwards, I'm like, oh, she might have said that. <laughs> but you know, people who know me, like Yui, I just say it and then she just accepts it. If I'm like, Yui, my forehand is just terrible, she's like, yeah, yeah, it is. So can you get it over and in? And then I'm like, yeah, you know what? Yeah. And that's what makes us so great, because there's just that honesty there. There's no offence taken at
0: all. I always remember that story you tell me of, was it last year's Super Series? I think it was the French Open Super Series, where she was just brutally honest with you and said, if you play like you played today, then you're not going to win.
1: Yes, absolutely. That's what she says to me. And, like, there's been times where I've gone to her, and I'm like, oh... No, i'm playing dida tomorrow um do you have any tips and she was she'll literally just be like well don't play like you did against me because you were terrible and you will lose um, it's just the way that we are and i'm like yes i won't play like that because i will like she's so right like i can't
0: argue with that <laughs> yui being brutally honest is being great for your comeback
1: it, it actually has um and that's why i love her so much <laughs>
0: So on that note, um, I just want to say thank you, Geordie, for giving up some of your valuable time to chat to us today. And thank you to everyone for listening again. I'll leave you with one final message, and that is to stay safe and stay well, and we will meet again at the same time next week to champion another of life's cheerleaders. Thank you.